Hi, Graham Norton here. I think it's about time for another Graham Norton with Waitrose podcast. Here's what's in store. You might know him as the voice of Love Island. Ian Sterling is chatting about his brand new UK and Ireland stand-up tour, Relevant. Oh, what a treat. Martha is making the best sticky toffee pudding. Can't wait. And don't worry, Maria, we haven't forgotten about you. She's gathered your letters and she's here. Ah, uh, we'll miss hearing that word. <gasps> what do you mean? Oh, did no one tell you? What's that? Uh, we finish tomorrow. That's <laughs> it, yeah. I, I can't keep up with this. I wanted to do this. But I cannot... I know, Graham. I mean, 13 years we've been doing this, both at the other place and here, and that's longer than most marriages. It really... I mean, 13 years is a long time. It, well, it's a long time of weekends, to, and I understand yeah. why you want your weekend back. Um, we might be doing a podcast... Might we? <laughs> you said yes, we might do. If people would like a podcast, we might do one. Yeah. If yeah. there's, you know, if there's something you, you don't would want, like. You don't want to do one kind of just, you know, just add to the big pile of No, podcasts. no, I know. But yeah. nobody solves problems like us, you see, Graham. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I.e. not no, solving problems. Yeah, not at all. Or taking the mickey. Can I just talk briefly about your show last oh, yes, night? yes, please, please do. Yes. Um, I love Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. And I love Dua Lipa saying, I grew up with you. I could see his face going, yeah, no. Oh, no, no, I'm trying to get away from the old thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, what, the furniture, I mean, I would sack the creative director on that. Oh, see, I thought it was fabulous. Didn't, I, I tried, I listened to the song, I was thinking, does it mention the furniture being taken away? No. I think maybe it refers to the video or something. I don't know, but I really liked it. And the, that big kabuki, they call it a kabuki drop. Oh, yeah. When the curtain falls at the end. Kabuki drop. That That's sounds, a kabuki that, drop. That sounds like something that the um, Italian president might have got involved with <laughs> at some point. But uh, no, I felt it pulled focus. I was thinking, what are they taking next? Is it a lamp? Is it going to be a... Ch-? No. Oh, I, see, I liked it. No. I liked it. No. I thought it was really, really good. And so slick. And I was saying earlier, they did it in one take. Would just just well because it would taken hours to put it all yeah. back up again. Well, my furniture removal people did it in one take as well. Oh, that's good. You were lucky. <laughs> yeah, and I made them do it to music too. <laughs> yeah, and they had to pause <laughs> on the beat. It was very this good. old door is going to have to go. Uh, my excitement this week. Oh yes. I bought a new bicycle helmet. <laughs> I thought you were going to say bicycle. A helmet. Why? No. What happened to the other helmet? Well, nothing. But I saw this has it been in one of the papers. Well. Well, this one. Is this a, now, Are you going to show it me, please? Well, I will, because look at it, look at it. It's so impressive. Where's my bicycle helmet? It's in my bag. It's really, it's a pop-up bicycle helmet. It is. <laughs> it's a blow-up bicycle helmet. That. You pop it up. Ow. But how can that be? I, can you show it to one of the cameras, please? Oh, yes. How can that be? Um, I mean, isn't that just going to concertina when well, you fall does, off your bike? It does seem like a design flaw in a helmet that's supposed to <laughs> protect, protect you your head. It collapses like that. But I, all I know that's is... That's like I, one of those dog balls that you can collapse. Oh, yes. Isn't it? And look, it's got a reflective stripe on the back. I don't so care can, about the reflective stripe. So they I, can see your head when it's smashed on the pavement. When it concertinas. <laughs> yeah. I it, mean, that will just concertina your head with it. No, but only if you only if I happen to land, like like a... a so, you know, if I, if I went up in the sky and then dropped on the top of my yes. head. But I think mostly I'll, you know, you come off like that and you I, well, hit see, the when, side. When I'm buying a cycle helmet, I don't want to hear mostly. Mostly <laughs> I'll be... Hitting it on the side. I, Did you do your witch um, uh, research on this helmet, Graham? Uh, no one living has uh, reviewed this. <laughs> well, um, if anything happens to you, I will review it for you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> one, one star. No. <laughs> My podcast is over. <laughs> Could do better. <laughs> but I, no, I'm really impressed. I love it. And you can just pop it in your bag. 
So you've done about, you know, that's so nice. Was it spendy? Yeah. yeah. I think it was about 80 quid or something. Well, that's about right for a helmet. Yeah, that's that, what I thought, That yeah. keeps you safe, I was just about to add. <laughs> a gimmick, comme ça, for people that don't see the video, it is like a fan that folds up. Um, I am going to do some research on that and come back Lovely. to you about it tomorrow. No, realize, but my coffin can be so flat. <laughs> Stop it! You are very, very bad. Just because it's your penultimate show. Penultimate. And then, Same are class. you go- are you going on a world world tour? Because your show on the televisual has finished yes. as well. Yes. Yes. Uh, that comes back in September. Uh, so hat um, permitting. Hat permitting. <laughs> and then, uh, well, I won't be doing a lot of cycling because uh, uh, there'll be a bit of Ireland and you know just gadding about. Well, oh, no, and I've got a book to finish. I've got a book to finish. Oh, yes, of course. When does that come out? Do we uh, know? September. Ooh. I know. That's quick. Uh, tell me about it. Yeah. How many more words have you got to do? <laughs> uh, about two. I, I just have to write the end. Did I tell I, you I'm I've got a book out? Really? Oh, yeah. Did you mention that? <laughs> Bumps in the road. Oh, that I've one. I've only got two more chances to publicise it. <laughs> quick, Bumps in the one road. One now. <laughs> Virgin Radio. Do, would you like me to read the first problem? Oh, yes, please. OK. <clears throat> Dear Graham... Oh, sorry, that was a bit, <laughs> too, a bit too shrill. <laughs> Dear Graham and Maria... Tone it down, love. Yeah, tone it down. Yeah. yeah. Dear Graham and Maria, I'm 34 and I live near Brighton. My mum is in her 70s and lives on her own down in Dorset. She gets lonely. She brought me and my brother up on her own, but throughout her life she has depended on me to make her happy and put her first. We've recently had another classic argument about Easter weekend. I've said to her that I would go and see her on Good Friday and stay the night. And then on Saturday and Sunday, I'm off on a tennis course with some friends in Southampton. She says that I'm extremely selfish for doing this and has asked me why I've put a tennis course before her. I explained that I'm still seeing her, but I've chosen to spend the Saturday and Sunday with friends doing something I love. She's told me that it's nasty and horrible and that I'm an uncaring daughter. Granted, I could see her more as we currently see each other once a month, but it's so exhausting and overwhelming to be with her because she's always so emotional and negative. It's always about her. I try to explain to her that I do what I can and that I love and care about her. I call, I text, I send her little things in the post and I see her when I can, but I've told her that I don't have to justify how I spend the rest of my life. She's responded saying that I'll be sorry when she's gone and to have a nice life life amongst lots of other abusive messages when I didn't respond to these messages she then sent a text saying miss you my brother hasn't spoken to her for two years because of her behavior and she doesn't have any friends other than a few casual ones from her dance classes I don't know what to do I feel sorry for her and I feel awful for not giving in and making her happy but I know that if I do it will be at the expense of my own sanity and independence please help and that is from Leanne in Brighton. Oh, Leanne in Brighton, I feel there'll be a lot of people who understand and, you know, can appreciate what you're going through because it's so difficult because as you get older, especially with single parents, they do tend to cut themselves off and then put all the responsibility and all the expectation on their children or, in your case, child. I do feel that you'd have to have a word with your brother here because 
You know, it is a question of your mental health and it is a question of finding the right balance, as you say. And if you said to your mum, look, whenever I do come, you're only negative and you're miserable and I can't make you happy. So it doesn't make me feel good either. Nobody gets anything out of this other than... You know, I feel I'm at least coming down to see you, but it doesn't make me want to come and see you. If your brother could take some of the slack, I think that would be a good thing. If he could just, you know, swallow his pride, mend his ways or whatever, because it's all very well to fall out with her. And now he's kind of gone, oh, I don't have to be responsible. But that means you have to be doubly responsible. It's so difficult. And when people get old and cross and bitter and furious that they can't do the things that they wanted to do when they were younger or furious that they can't do it now and they're lonely, you know, somehow the responsibility for themselves seems to go with the... But, but I, I, think, I think the thing is here, she's not that old. She's in her 70s and she goes to dance class. You know, this isn't... You know, some lady sat with a rug on her lap going, oh, if only someone would come to visit me. You know, she has the use of herself, as they say. Like, she can get out and about. I I think the person you need to have a word with, and it won't go well, is your mother, because she's being unreasonable. And, you know, Leanne saying, oh, uh, I feel sorry for her. You know, I feel awful not giving in and making her happy. You can't make this woman happy. No. If you went and lived with her, it would make her crazy and unhappy there's just there's no winning here no i think what you have to say to yourself leanne is that moaning is your mother's joy that's her happy place her happy place is finding fault and whining on about stuff so if you change your mindset and see okay my, this is this is what my mother enjoys it must be because it's all she does you know if if your mother was genuinely uh worried about any of this you know she she could do things but she she clearly in likes being in the situation she has found some sort of weird martyrdom uh pleasure well because she's got leanne to offload on with her moaning if nobody's listening to her moaning because she hasn't got any friends and even from dance class she waits until leanne comes down but that's no fun for you but you know when you say leanne that she does all this thing you'll be sorry when i'm dead da, 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 all this emotional blackmail then you don't respond to it and she sends you a message saying miss you it's really yanking at both of your heartstrings, one that is furious at her and one that feels sorry for her. So I think what Graham has just said, you have to say to her, Mum, your only joy in life seems to be moaning and what it does is it brings everyone down and moaning just creates more moaning. She doesn't see any joy. Do you do anything with her when you go and see yeah, her, Leanne? And also, the clue phone is ringing. Your other child has left your life entirely because of your moaning. So... Maybe be a bit nicer to the one that's still knocking around and going to see you. Mm. You know, I just... I, but clearly her mum is in a dreadful way of fury. You know, that fury that old people have, which is just fury that they'll be dead in a minute and then all they can think about is to moan about the now. Yeah, that's all they do is moan. Um, so uh, you have... I don't know how you get someone to change over no, 70. No, exactly, then. and I just think you, you have to be the one to change. You have to just kind of go, OK, that's making her happy because there's no other reason uh, why she... She'd be doing it if it didn't make her happy she'd stop because 
she could change. She doesn't need to be sitting there moaning. She could be having a perfectly nice life, but she's chosen not to. Our sponsors, part one. And my favourite sponsors today will be getting... You will be getting a champagne and a truffles. It's number one Brut Special Reserve Vintage Champagne, produced exclusively for waiters and partners. Uh, it's from one of the most celebrated vintages of the century and made by one of the region's few female winemakers. And it's salted caramel truffles, milk chocolate, Chocolate shell with milk chocolate salted caramel center coated with edible luster. We should all be coated with edible luster, but uh, there you go. They are. Uh, Dave is in Gloucester. Leanne, do not change what you're already doing. Your mother is clearly an old bag who will never change. Well, that's that's told her. I mean, <laughs> we didn't say that, but we kind of implied it. Uh, certainly have a chat with your brother to share the situation. Other than that, just pull up your tolerance pants and carry on regardless. You're already doing a great job. I'm with you, Dave. I think it it's 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 hard. You don't want the situation to go on, but the mother is making the situation. Leanne's not. And, you know, I think you're doing as much as you should be doing. Uh, Wes is in Brighton, in brackets. I don't know Leanne. All right, we understand. Brighton's a very large city. You, you don't know everyone there. If this was a personal relationship, it would scream controlling and coercive behaviour. None of us should be duty-bound to people, blood relatives or not, if they are a negative influence. Do not ever feel like you owe her. Enjoy your friends and your tennis. Yeah! Yeah! Wow. Oh, this is from Sarah in Godmingham. I have endured the same treatment from my mother that Leanne has. My mom is now 97. I am an only child, and she was widowed 24 years ago. Count those years. 24 years ago. I have only now been able to see she has narcissistic traits, and that even when I did what she wanted, it still wasn't enough. It'll never be enough. Leanne, do what you want to do and ignore the heartstrings. Otherwise, you will just resent everything. I have only learnt that at the ripe old age of 58. But Sarah, the good thing is you have learnt it, and you you can see your mother for who she is, uh, even though she's now 97. Your mother is doing this because she knows it affects you. She could be regressing. They live in their own world. No need to pull you down with her. Blackmail is a is a debt that keeps giving. If she doesn't bring you joy, leave her and move on. Yorkshire, Nick, I'm oh, pulling no punches there. And Lucy uh, in Sussex. My partner has just realised that her mother is a narcissist. She controls everything when she visits us. But now, no, she will not control. We do not tolerate her mean, moody behaviour. We leave her house when she starts up. Nothing positive to say about anything and anyone. Stand your ground. Do what you want to do. Uh, tell her that you only want to talk about positive things. You will visit when it's convenient with you as you you, Leanne, have a life. Do not let her control you. Your brother stepped back as he smelt the coffee of the narcissist mom. Be happy, Leanne. You can never change her. Alter the way you live your life with her and do not pander to her or take her bait. Um, there are solutions and really enjoy your tennis. <laughs> We've got about the tennis, yes. Uh, thank you very much, Lucy in Sussex. I am going to give the champagne and truffles to Sarah from Godalming because you've uh, you've earned them, it sounds like. Graham's Guide. <laughs> <laughs> Derek sexted in Say good morning Graham Just heard your news Good for you Sad for Virgin But What is going to happen to Maria With all these men Who hang on her every word They're waiting for you They're out there the men There you go Well uh, uh, um, We could do a podcast 
<laughs> oh, Virgin could, of course, offer me another job. <laughs> yes, drive time. <laughs> <laughs> I could just have a 15-minute slot. At the Chris Evans and Maria McCurlin breakfast show with Cinch. It has a ring. Ah, yeah, well yeah, done for go. remembering the sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> the chances of you being here for breakfast are quite slim. I, I know. I, I, I know. Yeah, right, let's have a second <clears> letter. What's his name again? Derek. <laughs> wow. How quickly she forgets her number one fan. <laughs> have, we, have we got his number? Dear Graham and Maria, I trained to be an accountant under the advice of my school, university and predominantly my family. Following training, I've been doing the job and working, working up for the last five years. And to be honest, I find it miserable. I'm competent at the work and it's not as if it doesn't keep me busy, but I've come to the realisation that I really didn't ever question if I could be doing anything else at all. I'm feeling a little existential about it, as it's not like I have any clue what I'd rather be doing. I just know it's not this. Disappointing my parents aside, I'm feeling a huge amount of pressure as it's not like I can throw my job to the wind. I very much still need the steady income and I have nothing to step off into. Oh, two mixed metaphors there. What should I do? Any guidance would be extremely appreciated. And that is from Asha in Bucks. Well, Asha in Bucks, good that you have written to us on some level. But yeah, absolutely. I'm an- all over this. Uh, yeah. On another level. I have a sideline retraining accountants. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you must have thought about something else. You must have thought, you know, during the five years of thinking, why did I go into this? You must have thought, I would rather be working with children or or animals or um, on the London Underground or whatever. You must have thought of something that you could be doing. Probably doesn't pay you quite as well as that. Can you be a consultant for somebody so you only do one day a week and the rest of the time you retrain to do something like that? These thoughts should have gone through your mind before you picked up a pen and paper yeah. and written to us. But I do think, what Asher, what you've got is you've got a skill and it's a marketable skill. And so... You don't have to Good. be... we like this, we yeah, like Well, this. you don't have to be a full-time accountant for the rest of your life. That's what I said, consultant. But yeah, yeah, but I think there's ways... You know, because lots of people need an accountant. Small businesses need an accountant. I know I do. Yeah, there you go, you see. You have an accountant. Uh, Asher, would you like to work part-time? <laughs> <laughs> She'll bake you a cake. <laughs> Yes, it's not cash, but, uh, you know, it's a showbiz client. Uh, You know, it's good for your CV, Asher. I've got several leads. (laughs) That book money's coming in. uh, What book is that? Uh, Bumps bumps in the road, of course. Um, So so I I think you're in a very strong position, Asher, in that you have a a marketable skill. So you will always be able to make some money doing that thing that you don't like. Mm. And that's why they pay you. They pay you because you don't like doing it. If you loved it, you'd do it for free so uh look at it that way don't think that's how don't think that's how it works but you know he must have thought of something else he could do i would say perhaps also asher go go to another company i mean this this place you've been at five years i mean go and work for like a film company or something and as an accountant there because that you know it's quite is a little bit more exciting or something where you are interested in whatever else there is to do and my big advice to you asher is do not worry about your family. Do not worry about disappointing your family because they're not having to do this. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe they are all accountants. But 
if they like it, good for them. Mm. You don't like it. Well, so also, don't you've stay given the job it a go. You trained, you did the training, you've worked there for five years. So it's not like you haven't tried it, what they wanted you to do. You've tried it, it's not working for you. But think about what is going to work for you and try and, as Graham says, capitalise on this skill that you have, which is a you know, monetizing skill, and then something else that you want to train to do as well. Because I think there must be people you can talk to, Asher. Uh, is this the sort of thing that a life coach helps with? I don't know. It might be. Be. I've never understood what life coaches do, but but I think this might be... They coach your life. Well, and that's that would be yeah, what Asher yeah. needs. Yeah, yeah. Or is there some sort of posh adult version of a career guidance counsellor? Uh, you know what I mean? For for people, you know, for yes. someone like but Asher. But Asher surely knows what... He doesn't. Oh. He doesn't. He has no clue. No, but he might, he knows what he's good at. He, he knows what was interesting for him at school. It feels like he's been pushed into accounting at the kind of expense of everything else. I mean, did you play badminton? Did you play hockey? Did you play whatever? Football. All of those things, all of the things, art, poetry, writing, many, many other things. But keep the monetized element, two or three days a week maybe, and then tr- retrain or try and get into the market that you want to get into. Yes, I think there must be... There must be me, I see me, him as a vet. Or even a actually, <laughs> hairdresser. No. I think there must be an online thing where he can fill in a questionnaire and it'll tell him that you, you should be an astronaut or something. <laughs> yeah, do, do because that. there's a lot of jobs for astronauts, especially <laughs> yeah. up the north. Oh, yes. <laughs> Scotland, it's booming. Uh, He's from Bucks. No, yeah, Bucks well, so well, he moved away from his family. He won't feel the pressure. Um, I really feel, Asher, we haven't helped at all. No, but I think, I think somebody yes, will help. Somebody will have some practical advice. I mean, left to us, you'll be an accountant until you're dead. No, I would so. say I would say just go. Leave, yeah. leave, leave, leave. Yeah, but no, just leave got, the sums you, unfinished and walk away. You've got to get some money. Away. You've got to get some money in. Uh, all right, it's over to the listeners. The responses part two. And again, my favourite responder will be getting from waiters the number one brute special reserve vintage champagne and the salted caramel truffles. How delicious. Uh, dear, Graham Nor- dear Graham Norton. Well, I like this. John Kingsbury. Uh, Asha could work for the UK Space Agency as they are recruiting at the moment. Well, I did say... <laughs> I think that was one of my suggestions, was that Ash should be an astronaut. I didn't realise that they were recruiting at the moment. I, I, wow, I've tapped into the zeitgeist. There you go, Asher. See ya. Uh, Asher, think about what interests you and start a little side hustle. You can keep your day job running alongside this to pay your bills and build up your passion slowly. This can grow and expand in ways you'd never know. I did this with psychotherapy 12 years ago. I have a day job which pays my bills and my therapy which feeds my soul. This is now expanding into something bigger as I've retrained to deliver first aid for mental health in the workplace and the fire is back in my belly. You can get this back too with a little thought and time exploring your options. You always have choices. Good luck, Kirsty. And I mean, that is, for you, Kirsty, that worked. Asher's slight problem is he doesn't know what he wants to do. He doesn't, he's not sitting there thinking, if only I was a psychotherapist. He doesn't know. Uh, regarding Asher's conundrum, perhaps they could do some night school classes in subjects they're interested in while still working to pay the bills. Then they'll at least have something good to look forward to while doing their humdrum job. That's Neil in Tunbridge Wells. Night classes, a great option because, you know, obviously you have a day job. So uh, perfect, you do both. Um, uh, looking at but look at volunteering in an area you are interested in, such as with animals or charities for the homeless, etc. Working for a charity may not be as financially rewarding, but could be more interesting to people to work with and a sense of achievement, which you may not be getting now. That's from Mel in Essex. Sorry to hear you going. Oh, thanks, Mel. Um, with regard to Ash's problem, I would suggest that he works as an accountant in the 
film and television industry. Maria mentioned this. It is completely different from ordinary accounts work and is exciting and challenging. Your workplace changes every six months and you get to travel all over the world as a new production start. Good luck. And that's from Alan. Thank you very much. Dear Asha, don't worry about disappointing your family by leaving your job. Graham's just disappointed the whole nation by leaving his. Sad face, Richard and Salford. Oh, I'm sorry, Richard and Salford. Um, uh, you know, life goes on. Life goes on. Uh, <laughs> the scandal will be here entertaining you next weekend. Uh, who's going to get the champagne and truffles? I'm going to give them to um, uh, Neil and Tumbridge Wells. There. Neil and Tumbridge Wells is getting the uh, champagne and truffles courtesy of Waitrose. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. I am joined now by Ian Sterling. Hello. Hello, Graham. Thanks for having me on this. This momentous day. I know. We planned it. I said they said, "Who do you want on your last Saturday?" I said, it, "Ian Sterling or no one." It's Ian yeah. Sterling or no one. Went, well, the good news is that, <laughs> that, that, those were your options. So <laughs> we got Ian Sterling. Uh, so off on tour. Um, I keep saying it's your biggest UK tour. Is this your biggest UK tour? The, yes. I mean, but you've sort of legally got to say that every year, really, don't oh, you? But okay. it's genuinely my biggest tour. Some of the rooms are like the rooms I'm doing this year are bigger than the ones I did the oh, year before. That's Good. So it's not the longest though. Ah, yes. It's short, but more people will see you. More people will see me in a shorter time because when you, I think once you get to an, a certain sort of level, you can go to sort of the, the, the big towns and people come to you. Whereas before, I used to go to the small towns. I mean, no offence to Kingsland, but I'm, <laughs> I'm never going back there. Come to Birmingham <laughs> and see you there. Uh, so it kicks off. Uh, where does it kick off? In uh, Northampton. Northampton. Still going down Northampton, and then. The triumphant homecoming. Oh yes, this is the exciting bit. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing. I'm doing Edinburgh. I've just announced it as well, yeah. which is quite nice. At the festival theatre. Yeah, the big one. Well, that is posh. Yeah, I mean, like that. That could be very embarrassing. That's one of those rooms that um, that could be very embarrassing. And also, it's like also because it's you know it is a home uh, crowd. You know, they, well we know you. <laughs> Yeah, I think the last time I'd done Edinburgh, I was heckled by a woman who said, you were, you came to a house party at mine at Christmas. <laughs> I think I was in her kitchen at like one in the morning, drinking like amaretto out of a mug. And I was like, yeah, that is true, actually. So that's the sort of heckles. You weren't funny at school, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you, but you were funny in university because you entered, was it Best Student Comic or something? The, uh, the Student Comedian of the Year competition. It still runs. It's like a sort of all the, the who's who. I was defeated by a sort of relatively unknown comedian uh, called Joe Lysa. Ah. He came first, I came second. Oh. Do you know what, though? Joe's so, so amazing. It's like they actually, clearly those things have got some sort of ability and Tom Rosenthal from Friday Night Dinner was in my oh wow so yeah it's a big deal that student competition and being uh, so were you at college in in Edinburgh went to college at University of Edinburgh then I went to Norway for a year it's a a gap year well not a gap year I studied there I went there to study sorry the opposite of a gap year (laughs) yeah right I mean it (laughs) It was was a a better gap year Um, and that's when I started writing stand up because I was was, there was nothing else to do oh but, but I wondered like being young in Edinburgh, were you, like, did you go to the Fringe? Did yeah. you kind of see lots of comics and kind yeah. of think, oh, I could do that? Yeah, it was like so fortunate having that on my front door. Like, I went to see like a Flight of the Concords when they were in the Pleasance Attic. If you oh, know, if you wow. know that, I don't know how familiar yes. you are with Edinburgh. But it's like a forty-five seat yeah. room. Saw them and like, yeah, seeing like 
Daniel Kitson when he was starting out and all that sort of thing. So yeah, I've had a lovely time. Yeah. David O'Doherty was on one, Doherty was on once and uh, his venue, uh, a, a drunk man fell through the fire exit while he was on stage <laughs> and he sang, a, he sat, serenaded the unconscious drunk man. <laughs> That was in like 1999 or something. And you thought, I want to do, one day I want to do that. I think that is, I think about being a comedian, is that you do look at moments like that and most people go, well, that's a horrible threat to my safety. And as a comedian, you go, what a gift. <laughs> that, that filled 20 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't have to write all those the materials so pesky. And when it comes to, you know, you talk about writing in, in Norway, when it comes to doing a tour like this, like, how how do you try it out? Do you do those little gigs? And... Yeah, I'm trying to do little clubs and stuff now. I, 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 again, it's sort of fortunate that I can run it out in like little clubs and put it on my website or whatever and my mailing list and people oh, come along. But then okay. I do find you, it doesn't have to be as like... Pun- There's something about doing it in comedy clubs for people that aren't expecting you or don't know who you are. You get that little extra edge that it doesn't have when you've sort of been a bit more self-indulgent when you're around your people well I was going to say if people are on your mailing list they love you so yeah. Yeah, they'll just be delighted he's you, talking yeah exactly yeah, he's, it's not funny but we're, we're, we're just glad to be here so yeah I like, I like I'm trying to get into the clubs now go to like do you know I mean if you can entertain a stag do in Hull on a Friday it's funny oh, that's yeah. what I want to get to do really yeah <laughs> That was. A, I, I like being there and knowing that I can then go back to the festival theatre afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I remember when we used to do like jonglers and things. Oh my god! They always we say, could talk about jonglers all day. Oh, I know. And, you. and they used to say, "Oh no, there's no stag do's, there's no hen do's." <laughs> I was like, "That woman's wearing a veil <laughs> and an L plate. I'm pretty sure that is a hen do." I've literally. I was the first time I hosted the jonglers a bit. We've because um, you're new. We've not allowed any um, stags or hens in the front row, and the entire front row were painted blue as Smurfs. <laughs> Well, we don't know what they are, but I'd, could you switch them with a stag do? Because this is mad. Uh, yeah, it was, it was trying by fire. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Jongos was basically a nightclub where they made comedians get in the way of the people having a party for three hours. We, we were a, a thorn in those people's sides. Yes. But you're going to have some dancing girls, but first of all, an unknown Graham Norton. And you go, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, back, back in my day, you could smoke. In, inside it was ju- oh you could have sl- like you could have sliced the, the cigarettes you couldn't smoke when I was there but it's still the, the atmosphere in there still felt like you could <laughs> you, you could smell the smoke from my days you yeah. could smell they hadn't cleaned the venue since 1999 just uh, fake tan and smoke billowing <laughs> Uh, if you want to see Ian Sterling on tour, you go to your website. Ian, we, uh, I shouldn't have to point this out, but no. I do. There's two eyes in Please it. Please do it. I A I N. There might be people that go, what? I I A N. Ian. Ian. <laughs> Which is actually how a lot of Irish people say my name. Ian. 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 Well, Ian. Do people say Ian? Ian. I get Ian a lot. Ian. 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 Anyway, it's iandoesjokes.com. <laughs> I-A-I-N. Doesjokes.com. And you can find all uh, the dates there. It's kicking off the first... No. Oh, no, these are the extra dates. The extra yeah. dates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's March sometime starts in Northampton. You can, they can, 20th of March. They can they can Google it, Graham. They you're, all, you're nearly done, mate. You play a song and yeah, chill I'm out. I'm exhausted. I've talked enough. Uh, oh, look, there's Lee Francis. He's arrived oh, in another wow. fashion extravaganza. Uh, when you uh, go on, to, when people go to see you on tour, which you will be, Relevant is your new tour. Uh, Ian does jokes. There's many eyes. Uh, dot com. <laughs> <laughs> so get, many eyes. Get data tickets. Um, do people want you to talk about Love Island? Do you feel a pressure to talk about Love Island? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. 
I don't talk about it massively. I will do um, an unnecessarily long off-stage announcement. Oh, okay, that's funny. Because it is that sort of thing of I am fully aware that my face is more recognisable than my own head, which is sort of a <laughs> b- bizarre place to find yourself. But um, we, um, and if anyone, I might do some questions at the end of something. Oh yeah, that'll fill. Let time. them know. But it's all the same <laughs> stuff. Do they are they actually in love? <laughs> what do they eat? That's what people want to know. And. It, because you've been doing that job since the started, right? Since the start of so time. Did, so you made that job, if you know what I mean. Or, yeah. did, or did they say to you, we want we want you to be more than just a voice? No, they wanted me to sort of just be a voice. And then the, when I first originally started writing the voiceover, it was so, I didn't know of reality TV. and I didn't have a respect, the respect <laughs> I now have for it. I have a massive respect for um, Love Island. Yeah, and well, I, 11 uh, series in, you would. Well, I'm still 15 years left on the mortgage. <laughs> and um, no, I do genuinely really love like the the the, the skill that's involved in putting an hour long show together like that is amazing. But I didn't at the time, and so I was sort of doing all this dismissive stuff. And the bosses were sort of going, "You can't say bad things." Also, it's hard to say bad things about the show at the beginning because it w- wasn't a seen success. as good. Yeah. You can only slag something off. It's only funny if it's good. Yes, I've always said. Yeah, do you know what I mean? No, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, like there'll be weeks that you can like. There's weeks on your like the radio show or TV show you can go, oh, the lineup's awful this week, and it's funny because Tom Hanks is sat next to you. Yeah, and there's other weeks you've got to go. It's a fantastic lineup on this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so lucky to have you. <laughs> so there's like that's based what Love Island is because it's good. I they they got a bit more confident, and then by the end I was sort of going. And if you don't want to watch this, Traffic Cops is on Channel Five. <laughs> right now and I don't think any voiceover had really done that yeah, so yeah, hopefully yeah. it resonated with people and was fun yeah and, and you do the American one American now as well yeah I mean how like great yeah, I know uh, really good uh, was there some weird thing in your contract <laughs> no they sort of asked and ITV were like really lovely about it and we're obviously like we can't stand in the way of this there's a bit of there's a bit of crossover like as in there's a few weeks where I literally do like Love Island in the day and um, the American one at night and get like wow. four hours sleep in between. And where are you just here? I've got a, like a, well, I say a studio at my house, which is a, a laptop with a microphone plugged into it in a spare bedroom. See, that sounds great. It's so nice. That sounds lovely. That's what you should have got. None of this radio nonsense. You should have got into that. <laughs> but also, but are you in that room all the time? Because you've got, is it two podcasts? Yeah, what, me and my wife have done two. We've got one, we, 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 we do true crime podcasts. Because that's just what that's our vibes, really. Yeah, of course. And yeah. Uh, so we had one called um, we had one we we've got the new one's Murder They Wrote. We had one called Partners in Crime that was on Spotify, and then we moved away from Spotify to the BBC. Oh. You heard of them? They're lovely. I'm playing a record to talk to you about this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we went to the BBC and um, the, the new podcast called Murder They Wrote, and it's me and my wife Laura. We we each week investigate a true crime and we tell each other alternative weeks. Okay. Although there was one week where I done one that had loads of French words, and the BBC said Laura can do that one because <laughs> we can't stand you trying to read this. That genuinely happened. I got about five minutes in, and something from the BBC went, "Yeah, can we? We can't." <laughs> the accent's offensive. Laura's taking over. That 
genuinely happened a few weeks wow. ago. That's sort of offensive in itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, but hey, hey. I'm yeah. very grateful Absolutely. for all ever. But yeah, Murder They Wrote, fantastic podcast on the BBC from me and Laura. Okay. Fun. Good, good, good. I just done the plug myself by mistake. I apologise. No, no, no. Do it, do it, do it. I'm just, what I'm, I'm, I'm starting your holiday early. But, but hang on, but that one, do you have to leave your house to do that? No, I do that in there as well. Oh, that's all right then. Phew. I don't do it. I actually do everything in that room now. <laughs> which a, I, I made that sound uh, yeah, more. The, I didn't yeah, mean that. Yeah, that sounded so, awful. Yeah. I'm really sorry. Not <laughs> yeah. everything. It's an enormous house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He does other things in other rooms. It smells funny, but massive. <laughs> that room. Don't go in there. No, no. That's my private place. Uh, well, Ian will be leaving. <laughs> Ian will be leaving his house and taking to the, <laughs> taking to the road. Uh, his tour kicks off on the 20th of March uh, in Northampton. And then his triumphant, triumphant return to Edinburgh on the 31st of May. All dates and information can be found at iandoesjokes.com. Uh, Ian Sterling, what a pleasure to see you. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on everything. You're, oh. you're an inspiration to me. <laughs> Yeah, right. Still to come, we spin our wheel for the final time. Will someone win £500? But first, ding, ding. Hey, look who's here. It's Martha Collison, show chef. How Hello. are you? I'm all right, thanks. How are you, Graham? I'm very well indeed, and I'm very excited about the look at this. Oh, it's oh. a sticky toffee pudding day. But not just a sticky toffee pudding. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> the best. And again, it's one of those things, because what are the variants? What what are, what do people do differently with sticky toffee puddings? I mean, it's how sticky you want the pudding. I feel like a lot of people are still quite surprised that sticky toffee pudding is based on dates. I think people think, oh, it's just purely sugar, but actually a big component is dates, and that's where the sticky toffiness comes from. So oh, okay. it's the type of date, it's what you soak them in, it's all the other little bits and bobs. But it's quite a traditional recipe because you can't really... You can't really beat the classic, can you? No, yeah, it's sticky and it's toffee. <laughs> and what are you serving it with? So I've gone with custard. Lovely. It's definitely a custard day. It's so cold. My little arms. <laughs> I, I, I have a padded gilet On today. On your bike. <laughs> My arms were like icicles. Oh, so, no. I know, I was an idiot. It's, I'm not looking for sympathy, it was my own fault. Um, but so custard, and what's in the other little jug? Um, it's just a bit more sauce, just in case you know feel a bit greedy and you want more sticky toffee sauce. People are, are free to pour their own. And because it involves the oven and everything, how much time do people need to devote to making sticky toffee pudding from scratch? So you probably, it's only really an hour start to finish. Okay. I had a rail replacement bus service today, so it was just as well it was only an hour start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> just, just in the nick of time. Um, so, yeah, the batter takes about 20, 25 minutes to throw together and then half an hour in the oven. Okay. So people could hear this recipe now and then they could make it tonight. Absolutely. They could raid the cupboards, they could pop down Ooh. to Waitrose, get themselves some dates and they'll be what? away. I mean, what a Saturday night treat. Wouldn't that be oh, lovely? Yeah. Imagine walking <laughs> out from the kitchen carrying that. People would be so excited. It's the one. It's the dessert that you always order in a pub when you've been on a long walk. I was actually, I was in Ireland this week. Oh, yes. Went on a few, well, I would say long walks, but in my current condition, not very long walks. Pregnant. But... That's okay. If you haven't been paying attention, <laughs> You're uh, like, Ooh, what's current wrong? condition, people, what's, what's happened to her? <laughs> she just needs sticky toffee pudding at every majority. <laughs> Has she given herself food poisoning? What's, what's gone off? But a small stroll around some of the locks. Locks, is that how you'd pronounce it? Uh, you could say lock, yeah. Glendalough. Oh, Glendalough. Did you went go to Glendalough? We went to Glendalough. Oh, Oh, we isn't it beautiful? It was lovely and the sun was shining. Oh, gorgeous. We found a nice pub, sticky toffee pudding, good times. 
Oh, that sounds <laughs> great. That sounds great. Oh, I'm so glad you went to... We did. Uh, we loved it. It was a great recommendation. So oh, thanks for that one. That was my top tip. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Board Fulcher. Dear listeners, do yourself a favour. Listen to this recipe and make this sticky toffee pudding. It is so good. Delicious. A real depth of flavour to it. Oh, thank Graham, yeah. I'm glad we're going out on a high. It, such a well, I'm going on a sugar high. That's for sure. If I made something, you're like, oh dear, uh, that was uh, a bit disappointing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dry heaving on the radio. <laughs> Won't be coming back. <laughs> uh, no, really, really good. Uh, listen up, everyone. You want to make this? You want to make it? Go. So we're going to start. You want to get it as moist as possible. So we are soaking our dates in tea. So I like to use chai tea. When I was doing all my different tests, I tried a couple of different things. I tried coffee. I tried different kinds of tea. But I love the little tiny subtle spice you get from chai without having to chuck in loads of your spice cupboards so mm. one chai tea bag goes into some hot water and then I'm chopping up some medjool dates which are kind of kind of the king of dates they're the posh dates that you medjool find dates, in yes. the fridgy section of Waitrose but you can also use the regular kind of chopped up dates that you can buy in the baking bit as well so take your pick and they go in with a teaspoon of bicarbonate of soda which starts to break down the skin and means that you kind of don't really notice them very much through the batter because they start to disintegrate into this lovely toffee caramel yeah mixture then you want to set that to one side for 20 minutes just to do the soaking whilst you do the rest of the batter which is just really basic we are whisking together butter dark brown sugar with a little bit of golden syrup until it's nice and fluffy and then we're adding in our eggs and then some self-raising flour make that into a lovely butter and a little bit of milk to loosen it up mm-hmm. then you want all of those dates and all of the liquid take the tea bag out you don't want to put that in it's no, not no, that's no. not like the surprise of finding error. something yeah. what's this kind <laughs> of papery treat in oh, one it's a corner mouse. No. take the tea bag out put it far away from your baking yeah. area um, give the dates a quick mash with a fork and then they go in with the rest of the batter fold them through into a oven dish and into the oven for about 30 to 35 minutes till it's nice and kind of doesn't wobble when you shake it and is skewer inserted comes out clean the classic baker's yeah. trick and then whilst it's cooking we're going to make the sticky toffee sauce which again is really simple people think oh caramel toffee this is going to require sugar thermometer this is going to be a little bit intense but yeah it's chuck it all into one saucepan so we've got butter a bit of double cream more dark brown muscovado sugar and a little bit more golden syrup Put that over the heat and stir it for four to five minutes until the sugar's dissolved. It's nice and smooth. You've made that sound very simple, Martha. I feel I feel, <laughs> I feel you're glazing over things that could go wrong. I mean, you don't want it to bubble over, so I'd say pick pick yourself a medium-sized pan. Don't and go too small. Can it go a bit small. crunchy? Can it go? Can that happen? Do you know what? It's got enough butter and cream in there okay. that you should just be able right. to get the stir. Okay. Once it's nice and bubbly. Right to Martha, not me. <laughs> yeah. If this goes wrong, you can complain to me, Percy. I won't <laughs> mind. Um, a little bit of sea salt to offset the sweetness. Lovely. And then once the pudding is ready, you want to pour most of the sauce over the top and just stick it back in the oven for about three to four minutes so that it starts to kind of meld together and become lovely and sticky. Then serve out with a bit of custard, a bit of the extra sauce, maybe a bit of ice cream if you're that way inclined. I think people might be that way inclined. <laughs> if you want that recipe, head to waitrose.com slash showchef. And you can find that recipe. And indeed, all of Martha's recipes uh, there. You could also check out the visuals at Virgin Radio UK. So we don't normally have sweet on a Saturday. So what, what are we getting on Sunday? Well, I was thinking, as it's your last show tomorrow, oh, yes. I would ask, of the almost three years that I've been cooking for you, is there a favourite recipe that I can make? I have a small inkling of what it could be, which is why I went sweet today. Well, that, well, what well, I'll say, I can't, I can't remember all. All that I know is the recipe that I've made the most. Oh. Is, is the udon noodles with the braised tofu and you know, the ho- hoisin, hoisin? Nice. 
Yes, a yeah. hoisin braised noodles. Well, I thought I could whip that up for you tomorrow. Oh, lovely. Oh, As a little perfect. lunch before you head off. Yeah, lunch before lunch. <laughs> lunch before lunch. <laughs> yeah. Everyone needs it. Double lunch. A little pre-lunch lunch. lunch. <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's the way we live. We roll. Oh, I look forward to that. Oh. Yeah. And it would be nice to have a refresher because recently when I made it, I think I've... You know the way when you've made some... You, I think there's some key moments I'm missing. Oh, no. Oh, that was it. Yeah, it's not as nice as it used to be. (laughs) Oh, no. I think I've messed it up. Well, I've got my work cut out. I'll try and make sure it's as good as the first time. (laughs) Please, please. Uh, Thank you so much, Martha, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Hey, one of my favourite songs, Escop 7 and Reach. And that means it's time to spin the wheel for one final time. We're hoping to give away £500 to spend at Waitrose. And on the line now, I should have Chrissy. Hello, Chrissy. Hi, Graham. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Very well. Good, good, good. What are you up to this Saturday? I'm just, I'm out walking the dogs at the moment. I've stood in a random field. (laughs) (laughs) She's outstanding in her own field. Well done. (laughs) uh, uh, What are your dogs called? I've got Missy and Snoopy. (gasps) Missy and Snoopy, bless them. Are they on the lead now? Are they under control or are they running wild? They're just having a walk around doing the thing. Okay, fine. They're contained, they're good. They won't distract you. All right. Uh, Chrissy, we want you to win £500 to spend at Waitrose. But first, you have to answer a very quick question. Uh, Okay. I mean, dear God, you'll get this. I think if I ask the dogs, they'd know the answer to this. Here we go. (laughs) The band Europe had a hit in the 80s with which song? It's multiple choice. Don't worry, Chrissy. I don't need it. A... A, the final countdown. B, the final sentence. C, the final episode. What do you think? A, the final countdown. Are you correct? Oh, it's so tense. It's so tense. Oh, we're not sure. Yes, you are correct. Well done. All right. Now it just remains for me to spin the wheel. Excuse me one moment. I'll be away. Just away from the microphone for a second. And spin the wheel. Here we go. Round it goes where it lands. Nobody knows. Are you winning 500 bucks? You are! You've won 500 <laughs> Well done, Chrissy. Oh, lovely. Oh, that, that'll buy a lot of dog treats. Uh, anyone else you'd like to say hello to while you're on the uh, radio? Uh, hi to my daughter, Yasmin, and her boyfriend, H, driving back from the northeast, and hello to my son and his girlfriend, too. Oh, lovely. Well, look, enjoy the rest of your walk. And, uh, Thank you. And uh, there's £500 waiting for you when you get home. Thank well, you very much. Congratulations. Take care yeah. of yourself. And I'll, I'll miss, miss you on the weekend, but I'm happy that it's Angela that's coming in for the next couple of weeks. Oh, brilliant. Well, keep her company, and uh, Martha will be here cooking up a storm as well, so it's not all yeah. changed. And you will hear my Thank voice. You. You'll hear my voice again here on Virgin, <laughs> but uh, yeah. just not on Saturdays and Sunday mornings. Listen, uh, enjoy the rest of your walk. Take care of yourself. Thank Congratulations. You very much. All right. Bye, Bye. Bye. Chris. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to my show. Follow us on all our socials to keep up to date and make sure you check out our YouTube channel too. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK and you'll find loads of great interviews and live sessions. Speak soon. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.